0: The Protective Insight Podcast, putting the you
1: in humor. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Really excited to have our guests here today. If you work in the executive protection industry, you probably have seen him talked to him, met him at some conference somewhere in around the world. It's kind of EP royalty, in my opinion. Author of two books, Corporate Executive Protection and Public Figures, Private Lives. If you haven't read them, check them out after this podcast. But without further ado, we'd like to introduce Christian West of EP Access. Welcome, Christian. How are you doing today?
2: Thank you. Thank you. I'm good. I'm really good. How are you guys?
1: Oh, fantastic. Being that I think you you're the earliest one up here today. <laughs> so so <laughs> oh, okay. within, we'll try to work within within getting the the juice is going, uh, but for our audience, for some that are out there that maybe have not heard of EP Access, or maybe have heard of you, would you mind just giving just a, an overview of what is EP Access? You know, why 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 did you create EP Access, and how can people yeah. find you?
2: Well, if we start from behind, finding me is on the internet. It's uh, www.epaccess, and um, EP Access is. A training company and our primary delivery of training is um, online training meaning that we have a bunch of courses that is delivered to you online that can of course not always stand alone um, a lot of people when we started EP access a lot of people said you can't do an EP training platform online you can not train EP people online uh, we don't need online training. We, 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 we got a bunch of pushback, but um, we've been going at it now for two and a half years and um, we've had, what do we have, just, just shy of 3,000 people who have taken our courses in one form or another. So I think um, the result kind of speaks for itself that there definitely was a need. Um, the interesting thing I think about EP access is that it's a little bit different than most, um, EP schools because most EP schools teach you, um, kind of the basic things, the f- basic six, eight, ten things that EP agents needs to know. And, um, of course everybody needs to know that, but there's so much more to it. Right. And I realized a couple of years ago that, um, when you've been doing this for a long time and, and you get to the other side of, a uh, 50 and you get to kind of sit back and 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 reflect on the industry and reflect on your career and whatever you realize that there's a lot of things that um you have learned over the years that you would love to pass on and um i just thought it would be a good way to um create courses where ep agents don't have to travel to a school but they can actually do the courses anywhere in the world and um as long as they have internet And um, we do a lot of smaller courses where it's more like um, EP hacks or um, kind of shortcuts and how to tackle individual problems that every EP agent will face and and stuff like that, right? So I guess EP access, if I have to kind of like shorten it down a little bit so I don't keep talking,
0: is... um, Keep talking. Feel free. Keep talking. Oh, okay. Well, it's
2: kind of like in no way substituting the original EP schools. It's more like an add-on, if you can imagine. Mm. It's,
1: it's kind, like kind of like a force multiplier.
2: I think so. I think so, because, you know, um, a lot of people, if, 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 if we take a, a perfect example, is, um, is driving courses, you know, everybody in the EP world has to have a driving course and um, typically in the old days, if you had a one or two day driving class, the students would show up on Monday morning and we would spend from 8 to 10 if the students were really good in the classroom. If they were a little bit of a slow learner like myself, we would typically sit in the classroom from 8 to 11, 11.30 maybe, and then we would go out and drive from uh, 11 or 11.30 till 6 o'clock in the afternoon, and that would give us, what, five, six hours of driving time, and that would give us a certain result. One of the things that we do on EPX is we take the classroom exercises of it and put it online so when you show up Monday morning you have already passed all the theory and all the classroom stuff so you can go straight out to driving and that means instead of maybe hitting the front seat at 11 o'clock in the morning you'll get in the car at 8 or 9 in the morning and you'll get 2-3 more hours of driving and the people that are slower learners of uh, the theory part can do it as many times as they want without slowing the class down. Right. So online training in, in executive protection definitely has a place. We just haven't fully figured out how to use it yet, but that's kind of what we're working on.
1: Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I, I, I've got some ideas for that. We'll have that, those conversations off, off air, because what I found is where I loved it is because when you and I met a couple of years ago and uh, had a copy of your book and, and read it, I had kind of only had known you through LinkedIn and we had met at uh, one of Byron Rogers symposiums, and then we had Uh caught up in Miami, and we got to chat some more, but it wasn't until the um, IPSB roughly about two years ago or so now that we got talking about EP access. And this is something Uh Ben, I've been like mentioning to to Ben and our other colleagues here at ProCypher was, hey, with this pandemic, everything coming on, this really gave us and outside the box thinking because working in law enforcement in these industries, right? We're fast paced. We don't have a lot of downtime. So when we do training, we need something that we can apply right away. We can access like immediately at our fingertips and try to learn. Mm-hmm. And it was like, wow, when, when COVID hit, it was like, everyone started zooming and it was like, wait a minute, we can do training and certain things like this, you know, virtually. So then it come down to where one thing I met when I went to Christian's table at that conference was like, crap, you know, Christian already, already is doing it. I mean, he's a solutions guy. If you can't tell Ben, he's, a, he's an innovator. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. And, and, we, and we all know when we innovate, right, we get we get pushback because it's, it's a phenomenal concept that people aren't grasping. Because mm. when it comes to skill based training, you don't learn a skill in a classroom. No, you, you just don't you don't you don't learn it by PowerPoint. You know, you learn it by doing you learn it by trying you learn it by failing and finding what works for you. Which is why yeah. I love what they did with uh with, with Pablo, who we have spoken with in a previous episode with, with AS3 driving, is all that foundational classroom right. typical stuff that you typically get is is online. And you can mm, sit and you know, get the know. concepts and then it's like you get a little refresher, we're at the track, like Christian said, and rather than waste so many hours in a seat in a classroom, which has nothing to do with being a security driver. You need to be in the seat of a vehicle. You need to be doing vehicle inspections. Mm-hmm. You need to be understanding these nuances. So now you're getting actually more time to build that skills when you leave. I feel you actually leave with a foundational skill set now, rather than, hey, I sat through 10 hours of PowerPoint, I drove a car for three hours, I get a certificate, and then people think they're a security driver when really they didn't retain any of the information. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you say, Christian?
2: No, I would absolutely say that and and, and the funny thing is, um, you know, I've been in this business, as you said, for a very, very long time, right? And one of the biggest um, weird things that we have in our industry is that we think our industry is really, really special, right? Mm. And um, I would say the people that we look after are typically special, but there's nothing special about what we do, right? I mean, at the end of the day... If you teach people right and the information is out there and stuff most people can figure it out right so if you go in and you dissect training and you go in and look behind training and then and, and, you know i come f- from europe where um you actually have in denmark where you actually have to have an ed- education called uh, an adult educator um just to teach other people because there you learn to understand that you have so many delivery medias right but the problem is most of the ep <laughs> trainers are pretty much self-taught mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, so why would we put science and why would we put uh, what what other people have spent hundreds of years yeah. researching <laughs> on how do we teach other people the best, right? Because we must be the last bastion that doesn't want to integrate with technology because we're so special, right? But if you, if you look at it, even, even a lot of uh, like military things and whatever is starting to use online training and, you know, you teach doctors and pilots and, and whatever with online segments. But for us, for some reason, no, it doesn't work. We're very special. We're EP. Yeah.
1: yeah and, and I feel to you and what that comes down to, and if I had to, to shelve it, you know, Christian, and like I said, you've been in this a lot longer than me. I, I look at it from a little bit younger, a little bit fresher, different perspectives. It, it really comes down to where we are in an in ego driven field.
0: Yeah, a lot sure. of that
1: comes down to when it comes to the ego and then when I actually break the ego down sadly in our industry I I, I correlate it between two things and, and if I'm out of bounds people are going to yell at me go away I don't this is why we're going to be controversial a little bit today it's arrogance <laughs> and ignorance and that and that's where your ego is you you're, you're either too arrogant to be open and learn and adapt and evolve with what's changing in society text change I mean when you got into this probably what 30 years or more ago now Christian right what, what you had at your fingertips to use in advance you probably were using a paper map you probably oh, yeah. know you fit well, oh, yeah. where today where so many people now are using Google they're using Waze and they're using all these great tech but it's like okay what if that tech fails what if you actually go to an environment and you don't have that we oh, yeah. get so reliant on tech but then you also have the aspects of people get so set in a way that they don't want to adapt we have some dinosaurs in the industry and that's okay and they want you to keep thinking they want to push innovation and they preach networking and getting out there but when you actually sit and talk to them it's they they say it but the action doesn't back that up no (laughs) and then you have these guys (laughs) and then what what we're having is rather than like you're saying with what your training is is trying to bring a force multiplier right we're trying to bring people in Make them better, grow together as an industry because reflectively, it's just like EP is just like law firm. You now one person screws it up, we all get the bad reputation. Oh, you're an oh, EP totally. agent, and you had some guy let their client get embarrassed or something happen. We we all feel that. We all see uh, on different videos. Oh, yeah. So then it becomes you now these other people. Then rather than come together, people start. What I see is they start fragmenting it. And I think we're seeing that a little bit today because we have a couple key different organizations, right? We have ACES. I know you're a part of IPSB, the uh, Board of Executive Protection Professionals. You know, standalone, the concepts are great, but they're not working together. And it's more of a, a contest fighting each other. And it's yeah. like, man, you all can actually be came together with your thoughts and ideas and actually came together for the benefit of the community and the industry. Mm-hmm there'd be some amazing things getting done but progress always gets halted when you have this and you got people now that feel like they have to pick sides and and now we can't have a discussion about it because if you don't agree with this particular group yeah. then you're ostracized from this group and it's and it's something I'm, I'm very disappointed in in seeing when it when it comes to that right now and, and you probably got more insight than that christian because you've been in the higher levels of some of these organizations and seen the changes you know within it yeah
2: I have and, and, and you know the big big problem with that is that um, we're still a young industry, right? And um, not only are we a young industry, we're also a very niche industry. And um, you know, I, my, my, my biggest worry in this is that the more competition that comes on these things, the more fragmented we're going to get and the lesser we speak to a broader audience. Right. The more you kind Mm -hmm. of like tribalize it or camp camp, uh, build camps or whatever, the less we're going to get done. Right. But, you know, it's also uh, when you sit on the other side, it's also uh, kind of a a hard industry to be in, because there's a lot of people that talk about uh, conversion and they talk about um, evolution and they talk about us moving forward. But like you said, when you then sit them down and go. So how do we do that? What What is true innovation in EB to you guys, right? And then the discussion either goes to uh, guns and knives and, and defensive tactics or it goes to um, to training instantly, right? Mm-hmm. But um, I'm about to drop a whole uh, kind of like article com- campaign and stuff like that that's part of my, uh, my new book that I just finished um, about quality right because there's so many people now that talk about standards and standards are, are what they are i mean i won't say they're great mm-hmm. but they're good um just don't expect it to change much right because the minute we have standards we also have um kind of like the lowest nominator dictated right as soon as yeah. i uh, if i go through the standard course in uh, i don't know human engineering All of a sudden, I have the same standard as you guys have, right? So I'm just as good at it as you guys are because I took the course. Not really, (laughs) right? There's more to it. And the minute we have standards, you kind of like give everybody an equal playing field. And that's good or bad, right? That's not what it's about. It's really about all the companies dictating what is good quality to them. And all the end users saying, this is the quality that we want. We don't really care about anything else, that you guys deliver this quality. Yes, there is a standard, but the trouble with the standards is that most of the professional players will probably already be over that standard. Mm-hmm. So, um, all the lower players will now give a standard that they have to live up to, but that still doesn't mean that that they're at the level of the professional players, right? It, it, it Just give yeah. them a baseline, and I guess that, that's good enough, right? But if they have a, a dictated quality Kind of a creed or credo or whatever that says I will do this regardless. That's when you start moving, in my opinion.
0: Mm.
1: It's the diminishment of ego. It's the diminishment of ego, right? Oh, a Uh, a lot of that is ego. And and what what I'm seeing too is because like on on the other side of you know having my own small business, but also working a lot in the field and coming across a lot of the new up and comers that have gone to X Y Z EP school. I've been, I've been very disappointed and I'm not going to say, cause I don't want to turn this into like a go after particular organizations and companies, cause it's not oh, about no, that. No, no, it's just no. and it, it's just like, they need to understand like some of them unfortunately have turned into in my opinion, certificate mills. People go mm-hmm. and pay mm-hmm. a good amount of their money, put a lot of their money in they get out, they graduate. And, and one, one kid for an example, because it, and it sticks in my head, just because it falls and checks all my pet peeves. Boxes, and it kind of touched on a little bit what you said earlier. Christian is like, they think they met this standard, they got their certificate, and what's the first thing people will do today? They go to LinkedIn, right? And they're proud of that, which is good. Be proud of it. But when you've got a a guy that's gone through, he's a, he's got only a civilian background. He's got no background other, an uh, EP at all, other than this training course. He's done things, nothing to it, and just because he's taken a long rifle course. He's putting on his linkedin he's a swat operator you've never been a cop i'm a designated defensive marksman you never worked in the military as a contractor any understanding or comprehension of it just because you took these particular courses with people all of a sudden they feel like they identify as those instructors that have these experiences and done things and it's this false sense and then someone looks at it and then because the school has a reputation because it's been around forever gives that student but but mind you You should have checked the box because right off that LinkedIn and how you write your LinkedIn with Ben and I being behavioral guys, those are all things right here. Other guys talking industry, too. Well, how do we vet a a resume? How do we vet a person? Well, yeah, there's your start. You know, look at how they identify to the industry and their training and apply. Because this same person told me they were a security driver, but then couldn't change a flat tire on a vehicle. (laughs) You know, well, you know, you know, you know these and days they went to really one of these important. schools and spent twenty thousand dollars christian and it's like you spend all this money you can't change a tire but you're a security driver with a certificate i've got concerns I for that no you know, I, I, it, I, I, I,
2: you're absolutely right and i guess these days it's really important and uh pretty modern to identify as something else than you really are right
1: <laughs> oh, but uh <laughs> on, to-
2: on 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 top of that you know when I teach and this comes up, right, I usually uh, use this this uh, analogy and it's um, when you took your driver's license, we all probably have one, did you apply for to be a Formula 1 driver? Did you send your uh, resume to the Williams team? I mean, you have your driver's license, so why didn't you? Everybody wants to be a Formula 1 driver, right?
0: Yeah. And they're like,
2: well, I don't have the experience, I'm not a Formula 1 driver yet, but I'm like, hey, you just took your driver's license, so it's the same thing, right? You're telling me that you took a 40-hour course and uh, you never did anything else and now you want to work for the richest people on the planet protecting them or you want to go to a high-risk operation and whatever and i'm not saying that that cannot be done because to be totally honest some of the best agents that i've worked with in my life didn't have much training right but they're just the unicorns so a lot of people have this i don't know maybe they're not truly honest with themselves or else they buy and drink the kool-aid right and the only mm. thing i can say is uh, for ep and ep training and, and and our industry it's the same as everything else right if it sounds to be too good to be true that you can pay some money and take a week's course and then you can travel the world if it oh, sounds too good to I mean, be true there's you,
1: you, probably it is. I, I, I will, I will yes. say i i, I feel mm. a lot of emails and messages from disappointed students at different schools because they were taught networking yeah. by by somebody or put into the system and plug and yet they haven't seen any work or the work that they have gotten wasn't even ep work it was like uniform security guard work and yeah. you know and, and that's disheartening because it's like if you're going to put that premise out there like you're going to do this and legitimately help these guys or at least be real with them because we already are fighting all this stuff that gets glamorized on tv right which is why we're seeing this today don't you think christian because it's like ep was one of those things if you were around it if you're in the military you've been in the whips program or done things around you kind of understood it but ep was kind of one of those small industries that you kind of knew a little bit about but you didn't and then when mm-hmm. the pandemic hit it seemed like all of a sudden and just from my, my perspective all of a sudden it seemed like all those people that were like your entry level you know everyone got elevated up a level in the security industry scene where all of a sudden EP started booming. People started teaching training more because they were looking for sources of business, which is fine. But now we have this level. Now we have elevated individuals that particularly we wouldn't see or apply or even be interested in the industry that now you kind of have to filter through. And then, like you said, the, the standards, albeit great, aren't the end all be all. We've got standards and in everything in, in yeah. law enforcement in Virginia. My, my biggest pet peeve in Virginia in law enforcement as an instructor teaching at police academies is that people always will train to that standard and they actually call it a minimum standard for law enforcement. So when you go to the, the pistol range in Virginia, you only have to shoot 70 percent and you qualify. Yeah. And it's like, OK, but under stress, if that actually taking fire an event where you have to, you drop 30 percent. So now yeah. you barely pass the 70. Now I don't I don't like those odds and your survival chances. But then when you try to push or push against the system and go, okay, this is the minimum. The bar needs to be here. So when under stress we fall, we fall to the standard instead of below yeah. it. And what's going to happen is we're going to create these great standards. They're going to look great on paper. We're going to love them, be like, man, this is great. We now have something to go against. But like you said, the guys that have been operating above the standard. Well, that doesn't really quite fit. And no one wants to hear from those guys. And then the ones that are good with the standard are going to be good with it. And then it's like, okay, well, then you're also, you're under this false pretense. Like that's going to solve the problem because you're just going to create a whole slew of schools that are going to teach to a minimal standard. And now we're going to further water down what we do. And people are further going to lack the understanding. Like you said, the hard skills, yes, are good, but there's so many other nuances Mm -hmm. I mean it's great you can shoot but have you done it in advance you know do, yeah, You, know, you know, yeah. can you do any surveillance work you know any any other intelligence work you know regarding the industry
2: no and, and 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 those are the professional skills right then when you think about it i mean um in my old company we um we had constant presence on offices in uh, 16 countries and uh, we've been around for a long time so we probably have had i don't know thousands 2,000, 3,000 people go through the system through over the years and I do not remember that I have yet to fire anybody for him not being able to shoot. I don't think I have to fire anybody because he couldn't like fit in with the hard skills but we had to let a lot of people go because their social skills and their um, soft skills and whatever. Was not up to standard, they were just assholes to be around, or they would say dumb things to the client and whatever. And we have this, um, kind of weird thing in, 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 in EP, and um, I guess that's also in the military and in law enforcement driven jobs and stuff like that. Our loyalty runs deeper than our common sense, right. Mm. Because a lot of times we rather want the people that we served with in some capacity to be on our team, even though they sometimes jeopardize the whole mission, right? Because that guy was a douche before and he's probably a douche now. And and then the client is an idiot because he doesn't like this guy, right? Or the client's assistant is evil to us because he doesn't like these guys. But then when you go in as a consultant or whatever, and Lucas, what, what, what is going on on this team? you see that uh, these these guys are not paying attention at all to what it is that the client want right we got to mm-hmm. remember that most of the people we work for came to where they are because somewhere along the line they're pretty smart people and a lot of them are really really good people watchers and and they're good at seeing what's goes on around them right so so it can sometimes be hard right but but when you then look at the training it's 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 really weird to me that we spend so much time um,
0: morning oh, yeah.
2: and, and getting perfect, perfect at the hard skills, but nobody really teaches the soft skills. And if you look at what kind of individuals we are, what is it that we do in the weekends? I mean, we go shooting and we go <laughs> driving. And it's, it's, uh, it's, it's an all-encompassing
0: all practice. Yeah, it's an all—it's right? an all-encompassing practice. It, it needs to yeah. be a fine balance between the two, and if, it feels exactly. like. Yeah. A, 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 a cert, in a certain way, it, I'm, I'm going to analogize a little bit, but it feels like in a certain way that there are certain people, areas, businesses, corporations that are looking to privatize certain areas of training and certain mm-hmm. certain ways that they are delivered with without the understanding that we are all on the same side here, right? We are all on yeah. the same side. My, my old combat coach, uh, Peter Ellis, that uh, started sphere, sphere Protection in the UK. Uh-huh. He had a, he had a great way of putting it across the across the entrance of the door as you walk in. It would say no Rambo's, please, no no Rambo's. Yeah. So as soon as somebody came in, I'm a black sash from this company from this operation. It'd be oh. get out. I'm not I'm not I'm not bothered. Get out. And we'd uh, we'd run these we'd run these drills every now and again with weapons. And sure. it'd be like so begin as you were whatever you were doing, and it'd be and then he'd stop yeah. and go whoa whoa can't you see i'm wearing a black sash what are you doing <laughs> where's yeah. where's the where's the chopping and the changing there and that's that's the notion of of innovation you know it, it might sound like a lofty goal but you've got to you've got to be able to say i'm not afraid to be wrong e- elon musk for all his trials and tribulations is not afraid of trying things he's not no, afraid of no, trying no. and if you punish the innovation side too much People aren't going to be able to take risks in the future, which is why I love what you've done with EP Access. My first job, oh, my first job was it's 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 duly noted, you know, it's 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 needed. Uh, my first job yeah. was as, as, as a doorman. And because you, you. The, the, there are only so many companies in the UK that will train you to do that, you have to travel. So that's all this time spent traveling, which is which is fine. It's part of the course. Then you spend a couple of days there, and you go back, and then it's all about trying to get your SIA license, which is fine. But if you could spend X amount of time doing your your you know your research, or swatting up on whatever you can virtually, whatever's you know appropriate to teach virtually, that way you could step into you know teaching teaching uh, these these new recruits how to speak to other people. That that's exactly. one that's not that's not even covered, uh, at, at least particularly with the UK, you know, and that resolves ninety percent of things. So I, I, I'm I'm curious within that particular instance with what you've done with EP Access. Has there been any areas? that you've looked at something and gone well this this has to be more virtual this has to be more in person this has to be done uh, uh, side by side in person virtual this kind of thing in order to make sure the skills are, are taught as, as as effectively as you can
2: you know i think um what, one of the big big problems that that you have when you do something like ep access it's kind of like a trajectory that kind of goes like this and mm. then it goes like this and the minute you go like this, you kind of go away from the original goal of what it is that you're doing, right? Because there's so many courses or so much teaching in the industry that could be done online on things that nobody teaches. Like, if you're a male agent, how do you work around little kids, for instance? Nobody in, um, it would be a very hard course to mm. sell as a physic, physical mm. course, right? Yeah, because mm-hmm. nobody would travel to the other end of the world to talk to some nannies and then talk to somebody about how how do you work around kids, right? But it's a great two three hour session online. How do you work with um, uh, clients who might have a um, a, a challenged mentally challenged um, kid? How do you work around? Mm-hmm people who are real into animals, right? Um, some of the clients that um, that I've worked for has always been, um, I've always, for some reason, most of my work has fallen into the, I don't know, top 50 of the richest people on the planet. And, and, and that, that comes with a lot of um, kind of like different stuff, right? And, 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 and when you think about it, uh, a lot of this, learning and info that that we have gotten over the years that um we didn't know because when i started the ep industry didn't really exist it was more of a bodyguard industry right and 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 we kind of figured it out and we kind of grew and um and things got got kind of better and better and the industry grew and, and stuff like that but all of a sudden you sit back and you realize and 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 i love it when people come to me and say i'll be a really good agent for you because i got a diving certificate right and i sit down i go like so you're telling me that you as a new guy i should hire you because you have a a diver certificate okay cool (laughs) if we go somewhere we we still need to hire kind of like a diving instructor a safety crew whatever because we can't put this on the new guy right so instead of thinking at it like this i always thought to myself there's so many courses in how do you do that? Do you teach all your guys to be divers, which they probably won't become good enough divers fast enough for the client? Yeah. Or do you teach them how to manage a rescue operation and a dive operations from the boat and make sure that if something were to happen, you can call in evacuation and you can have yeah. uh, I don't know a standby crew on shore and you can yeah. have an mm-hmm. extra boat out there and whatever, right? But stuff like that is very, very hard to teach in real life, right? Because yeah. you don't have a diving boat, you don't have all of these things. But you can teach online how do you manage all of these things. So I think that there's a ton of topics yeah. that works really well yeah. for online. But I also think that I'm still when when I was with AS Solution, right? We um, we had this saying that operational tempo kills training. Because we had kind of a big training budget, but we also had a lot of guys, right? right? And every time we set up a training course, we expected to have 20 people there and four showed up because training kills or operational tempo kills training, right? But one of the ways that I was looking for was how can the guys that goes to these training courses be more innovative, right? right. And My ideal goal, and I guess that's where the idea for EP Access really came from, was that when you go through a course and you come back, make a list that the other guys that go through this course can prepare from, right? Tell them how it is, what to expect, what to bring, be really good, um, how to to get the most out of the training. And when we come back home, let's do a... um, a dumped down version of what this course is that we can put online so the new guys can see this before they go to the training so we get more out of it right
0: yes.
2: and i think you can uh, the online we, we haven't even seen kind of like the start of it yet if i were uh if i owned a shooting school today mm. i would have people do dry repetitions at home or whatever i'm not a shooting instructor but if i were i mm-hmm. would give them some online things they had to complete before they were there maybe mm-hmm. go through the safety so we don't have to uh, yep. spend as much time on it at the range if i was a um, fitness instructor in the ep field i would teach the footwork or the basic mm-hmm. stands or whatever mm-hmm. online at home or i would
0: mm-hmm.
2: so what we because what is it people come to me for they come to oh, me yeah. to be hands on all right, so yep. why not do a course that's hands-on eight hours instead of four hours in the classroom and four hours in the dojo?
1: Oh yeah, And, and you're 100% right on that because one one person doing that that I know is uh, Tony Blauer. He's uh-huh. created his garage gym, and he's teaching people the basics of spear and those things in his garage. He jumps on. He's in his garage at home with his whiteboards around him, and he's got people live in the groups or a recording, and it gets you preps, and if you ever decide to go to that live course where he's there and you're putting on the spear suit and stuff you're you now can focus on because now you've gotten all the footwork and you've understood all exactly. the concepts and the psychological aspects of it and i think that's that's huge and i what i like too is you know you're you're close with with pablo as well christian i like when, when when pablo brings up the 95 percent fallacy and it's what we're uh-huh. touching on right some people harp on all these other things but what's more common that you're going to come across you know mm. You're going to come across a maybe a difficult client before you will a, a shooting scenario, in my opinion. And we're in a solutions-based business, but yet here we are—we're not teaching people how to think solutions-based. We're service-based, mm-hmm. and we're also in, in a position in a group too where, like, it's—it's it's not in our credo per se to say no to a client, is it not? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, unless it's going to jeopardize safety or, or certain matters. Our, our job is to sit there and say, yes, sir, it can be done. We'll figure it out. And we go solve the problem.
2: Yeah. No, I mean, I, I always said to everybody that wanted to listen that it's important to understand that um, we're not in the saying no business. I mean, at, at the end of the day, because most of our clients, if we say no, they'll probably do it anyway. And they'll either force us to do it or they'll do it without us. Right. So we're really in, in, in the solution space. I think it's important that that people can look themselves in the eye and they can figure out how can we do this in a safe way, right? But Mm -hmm. yes, we can take you to Afghanistan, sir, but it won't be pretty. If you're good with that, we can hire whatever we need to keep you safe or we can kind of do whatever. And that's really the way to sell it because the minute that you say no to a lot of these personality types, they'll be like, oh, yeah, I, I can do this, it's my company, whatever I'll show you or, or whatever, there's no point of going there. It's, 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 it's better to say no by trying to sell them on the solutions, right? Saying that, oh yeah, we can definitely yeah. go, but I need a $400,000 extra budget or whatever, right? Yeah. So yeah. give them something something to think about and, 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 and make them think if you can, right?
1: Yeah, because you, you, you want them to think, and it's like that catch-all, right? Because if you say no too often, too frequently, and especially with no substance, if you're just saying yeah. no just to say no just because you don't feel like it today, well, that's not a good <laughs> business model. You'll be out of business relatively quick. But you also got to look at that in, in this day and age, in the security industry as a whole, there's so many people looking there and feeding there to, to pray or get that client. And what do they do is they race to the bottom, which is like another big thing I see issue is rather than like if Christian and I are going into a bid on a contract, we should both be relatively close, you know, our, our prices, but it shouldn't be, Christian's gonna start dropping the price tag to get the content. I'm gonna drop a little crit. And the next thing you know, we're racing to the bottom though and darn well, neither one of us is gonna be able to complete this no. task you know, or for this client within the means of the budget, effectively the right way with the right people. So that's where we drop standards. We don't bring necessary equipment. And then that's where dangers and safety, But so many people do that rather we just stay toe to toe and you know no, sir you asked me for the best offer that is the best offer you can yeah. go ahead with company b and that's okay we're not everybody's cup of tea but when you call me back in a month because company b couldn't do it just know that the price has gone up because now we got to come in and fix it reevaluate reassess and it's not going to be the same price you had before but we could actually push with that without having those we can push the industry and those standards up in those ways if we did that rather than look to see how we cut each other you know we just did and said no this is it our guy's safety you know all that is paramount your safety is paramount this is it we're we're not jeopardizing that for any reason no matter what but so many people will even if it's a a penny profit will will we'll fight to drive that thing down <laughs>
2: yeah and and Unfortunately, um, you know, in all the RFPs and all the bits and and all the competition and and stuff like that, that um, I've been in, um, prices and personal contacts is probably the main two drivers to win the work. It's very, very rare Mm. that you have a uh, qualified discussion about quality and how to achieve it, right? Because it's, sure. it's, it's, it's also hard to dictate or um, formulate, right? And a lot of both end users and a lot of companies, like I said earlier, has not really uh, sat down and thought about what is really good quality and executive protection to me. Uh, I get all this shit all the time. Well, if the client's alive, the, cl- uh, the quality is obviously... Uh, is obviously good, right? No, because
1: um, there's a difference, like you said, between going down the street for a cup of coffee or taking your client to Afghanistan.
2: There <laughs> is, you, but, you can't, but not you only care,
1: that. I to argue that the client's alive still.
2: <laughs> no, but 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 there's also this whole thing about um, oh yeah, but if, if the client's alive, the quality is good. But then on the other hand, you also have the teams that um, measure client based on not being in trouble, right? Oh, no, no, the client don't like that. Oh, no, no, we can't do that because one, one of the most common things I have hear in, in this industry when I travel around the country or the, work or the world is the guys that go, no, 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 Christian, you don't understand. My client is different. He doesn't like security. And I'm like, oh, really? Show me one that does. Just <laughs> one. And um, it's always the same, right? And on the other hand, you have these teams who pretty much are either hiding behind the door or they're not they're not pushing the bar and then they um kind of like compromise security actually more than the guys that are saying well if the client is alive then then the quality is good right none of them is right but it's 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 kind of this element where um the good ep managers and 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 the good team leaders or whatever they're always pushing the bar a little bit right and 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 they should because mm-hmm. a lot of stuff is not where it's supposed to be, and it's very hard for us to get the right budgets and get the clients to buy in at the right level and whatever, but if you just sit back and let it go, either the team will be in a position where they're not able to protect the client, or they'll be so small that they don't have a budget that, that is even like realistic for it, right? So mm-hmm. I think it's it's very important that that... that you kind of sit down and figure out what is good quality, but also kind of set some goals. And those goals always has to kind of like be moving. And I'm not saying that it's all about generating more manpower or bigger budgets or whatever, because these days there's also a lot of people that talk about um, we need to integrate technology and we need to digitalize and we need to do all of these things to get better. But there's very few that actually does it, right? Because then all of a sudden when you mm-hmm. find technology that can make your job easier or better or whatever. It's very rare that you also meet an EP company that, that say, hey, can I sit down with you, dear client? You don't need two guys at night anymore because now we got a really good camera system. We only need one guy because then the company is losing revenue, right? Mm-hmm. But even that is kind of a short-term solution, right? Because eventually the client is going to figure out that the second guy don't do shit. And if you're a really good um, consultant or provider or partner or whatever, what you really should say is like, Hey, we don't need two guys at night anymore because now we've got really good cameras. So can we move this guy to daytime or on the travel team or whatever? So we get a better solution, mm-hmm. right? But most just like like there's a lot of guys that is OK or new in the industry and they have high expectations of what they're going to do. There's also very, very few security companies that are true partners and advisors to their clients, right? Because mm-hmm. most of the companies and myself being guilty of it as well, we would rather sell what the client want than what the client need, and um, that's another challenge in this industry, right? <laughs>
1: it, it, it's finding that it's finding that balance, right? Is because like you can it understand is. and they want it in there, but they need this, and it's like okay, well, that's that's where those nuances, right, of pushing. The line a little bit further or the boundary because it we all know most of the time what they want is not what they need and then what they need if it's not packaged the right way they, they're not going to want to buy it so then yeah. it's like here we are we're, we're playing this kind of game which comes back to if you're a i would say an ep manager or owner or someone that's going into these discussions why you don't need to be out in a car driving and shooting as much you need to be in training and courses where you learn how to have productive conversations mm. understanding a humans negotiations and how we can work these things which is where you know that's where our our company christian like we, we we've been that kind of niche because we're we have the ability I, I can go out and teach you hard skills so but i have trusted partners and guys i'll send you to that that'll send it up but when you sit there, and, and our biggest sell for people is because it isn't so glitzy and glamorous. It's like, well, no one's thinking about these things, but it's like, no, nope. no, nope. this, this is really what you need. And and Ben and I will sit down and talk, and it's like, wow, you know, you really could have done this better if you just would have maybe just used this word instead of this word. And understanding the words you choose, how you speak them, or just how you present things, yeah. you know, can effectively, you know, boost your your chances of getting that contract, keeping the contract or betting your people the proper way so you don't have those guys um because what i found yeah, is we can we, we can teach anybody a skill right I, I can sit and teach you how to shoot and drive what i can't teach you is the attitude and and the mindset that we need to know and understand that role you're working within right in order to provide that great service
2: yeah but but it's also a question about you know um i guess one of the keywords we've heard in the last many years uh, has been uh, soft skills it's all about the soft skills it's all about the soft skills right then you see all these courses and, and they don't really teach soft skills and then you go out and you um, ask all the end users or whatever what is soft skills to you right and, and and nobody have those written down either right I mean what is the soft skills that you need and where does soft skills become personality traits right Because if you want to be really good, and and, and it actually also goes in with innovation these days, right? Because, um, you know, if if we want to be innovative and we want to move forward and we want to integrate technology or whatever, that starts with us recruiting people that are curious to technology, right? Because remember when social media was a thing, you would pick somebody in your sales team and say, you're the social media guy. And then he'll be like, okay, I'll (laughs) learn it instead of us going out and and hiring our sons or daughters or a teenager or a social media manager or whatever, right? It's the same. All of a sudden, soft skills have become a a buzzword. And when you sit down and and ask people, so what is soft skills to you? They come up with shit like, um, oh, it's advances and it's everything that doesn't hit people or it's everything that's not uh, Mm -hmm. hard skills and whatever. And I go, you don't think personality traits and who you are as a person and how you dress and how you stand and how
0: yeah.
2: you either have an open posture or a closed posture or whatever has anything to do with soft skills. And they're like, I didn't think about that. Uh, that's not
1: what Yeah. But then when you, yeah, then I mean, when you bring is, it up, it's like, you're crazy for that. Right. Cause they look oh, at so you like I, you're, you're I, like, I, what, what did you I, say? I,
2: I use this saying: I go, what, what, what is, what is a hard skill for an accountant? It's math right it's doing your books and whatever where for us i've i've heard people say soft skills yeah that's like uh, doing expense reports and stuff like that as well and and no don't get me wrong we got to be we got to be good at that but but technically that's also a hard skill if it's something that you can learn right i mean to me soft skills and personality traits are very very closely related right so it also goes back to yeah. I mean have you guys have you guys seen any EP companies that has a personality test that's tailored to EP? How how come? I mean,
0: everybody else has <laughs> no, personality but the, test. the thing
1: is, is like we 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 have those things. Like when I mentioned with Byron when we were at that, that forum this past December, Christian, when he brought up sitting down there about resumes and vetting and like, oh this guy looks great, how do we do this? And I'm like, obviously don't spend enough time talking to me not to to toot our horn but that's what we do with with our company we we can do credibility assessments we we do those things we'll look at a resume we'll look at these profiles we'll conduct those things for you and we'll put a package for you so when you sit down and now you sit down with that candidate face-to-face christian now you have all this to look at and go okay this guy may not particularly work with the client right and that's what the biggest issue we have too is what i think we're going to find is another issue with the industry is once you get the standards, and standards are great. Again, we're trying to take people and put them in a box. You went in there, you went uh-huh. to this course, you're in this box, you checked all this, boom, you met the standard. However, when we put that person in with a particular client, or put them into a particular family office or somewhere there, one, they're they're not meshing with the team. They're they're not working well with the client, like you like you just said there. They don't work well around the spouse of the client or their kids but these are all things we could have picked up on. But it's like, hey, this guy was a, a tier one operator. He has XYZ background. He's completed all these schools. He checks all the boxes. But yeah, but he's a he's a terrible teammate. You know, he's, a, he's, not, he's not what we need for this particular role. He may be good. We might be good putting him in a surveillance role and put him where mm-hmm. he's doing that and giving us protective intelligence or doing something there. But maybe he's not the guy that I want to put on the team with the client. Or even work for us at all, because we all know morale. Morale can kill your team and kill your company.
2: Oh, easily, easily. But then there's also the other thing, and this is one thing that um, that I've been doing a lot of, uh, kind of like internal processing on, because it's something that I kind of want to have, um, kind of like coined and phrased, right? But I would almost bet you, if you have twenty teams out there, and um, the ten of these twenty teams, the client decides that, um, hey, you guys should come work in-house, right? The client almost always picks the least experienced people because they really like them. And why is that? Well, that might be because the least experienced people kind of go for the wrong things, right? (laughs) If you're really good at being an EP operator, you don't put yourself in a place where the client likes you too much. (laughs) Mm -hmm. because then you know it's dangerous right it's a fine line they don't like you too much anymore exactly exactly so why is it that the client always picks the least experienced people to go in-house or to move to their private teams and whatever it's because these people offer up the things that the client wants and wants to hear right Mm -hmm. you can look at it like this i mean this Mm -hmm. is A great example, back when I used to work in the celebrity industry, you would be in the tour bus and it was, uh, I don't know, 11 o'clock at night and uh, we don't have a show that night, but we've been driving forever. And we come to uh, any town. Let's say you come to um, Reno, Nevada. And you're about to drive into Reno, Nevada and it's always a drummer. He gets up to the two EB agents in the front and say, hey, what's going on on a Wednesday night in Reno? You know, the old guy, he looks at him for a little bit and then the young guy always comes out first and goes, oh, there's this nightclub, this nightclub, this nightclub and that restaurant, we should really Mm -hmm. go there. Where the old guy looks at him like, ah, you know, on Wednesday night, probably nothing. (laughs) Right? Because there's no point of putting ourselves up for that, right? But it's a mindset of the young and the old, right? And then it's the mindset of, um, but it's also the mindset of the companies, right? Because I've never, to this day, found the perfect background for EV. Some of the best guys I know have zero background, and some of the best guys I know have all the background in the world, right? Because it's it, it it's it's kind of like um, the whole thing of saying that uh, culture eats skills for breakfast in a in a company. It's 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 kind of the same. Same thing here, right? Personality for this job and being a people person. It's hard to teach people, but um, being a people person takes you further than any training I know of.
0: Do you, yeah, do you find I, I, that, so, sorry, say, to, sorry to jump in jim just as a, as a, no, as a curious speak, you haven't spoke hardly <laughs> i', I just kind of i've been let I've been letting you go um <laughs> do, do, do you find then that like f- forget all of the skills forget the hard skills forget the soft skills forget any other kind of skills that you want to call them do you find then that there is a, a a core type of person like a blueprint kind of thing that, that is better suited towards the EP <laughs> ideal than any than any other kind Yes,
2: but I can't tell you what it is. But if I see one, I can I can show it to you. <laughs> Got you. <ahead. laughs> if I if you know what I mean, because yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's um, but it's also um, you know, it's all it 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 also goes down to um, the identity of, of the team and the identity of the client, right? And that's another thing that a lot of security companies in my opinion, have a very hard time understanding. And we did as well in in, in AS Solution because it's not easy at all. But you got to figure out, if you look at a client, the client has a certain look and a certain feel. Mm. The company the client represents has a certain look and a certain feel. And, I mean, with all due respect, if it's a tech startup and the CEO and, And the founder and whatever, young dynamic people who try to push the bar. Mm. Maybe a 58-year-old retired law enforcement officer who never left uh, that police force Mm. is not the right thing, I mean, for that client, right? And a lot of companies fail to understand that because this guy was so good with the Mm. other clients he had. But guess what? I don't know. I mean, uh, when you think about it, the principal doesn't know what they don't know, right? And they don't really care about what we do because, uh, you know, when, when, when you get somebody to uh, to build you something, you have an idea of what it's supposed to look like. If you get somebody to uh, fix your car, you have an idea of what it's supposed to sound like and all of that. The only inputs that the client gets on EP is what they see on... TV and movies and whatever, so a lot of times, the clients come into this with a totally mis- mis-screwed view of what we do too, right? So mm-hmm. if the company hasn't sat down and figured out, hey, this is the type of protector or so, this is the type of agent that this client would probably like. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's a, a big difference and just because you work well with client A and B doesn't mean you work for client C. And a lot of times we actually put the agents kind of in danger a little bit because we're so busy filling ranks, right? <laughs> yeah. And that's not fair to anybody. So I think, I think I have an idea of what type of people would work once I see the client. But, you know, I'm, I'm just as wrong as everybody else, right? And it's very hard for me to, um, to put down on, on, on paper what, uh, what our agents need to look like, if that makes sense.
0: Totally, totally. I I completely get it, and it's it's something that, as as Jim was saying earlier, that it's, it's similar things to we encounter. We we we're kind of fighting against this stereotype that if you see one particular move, it means this, and you if you see yep. them do this facial expression, then it means this. You know, the simple fact is, you don't know. You don't know. You have to explore these kinds of things. Yeah, I, I was interested to hear about what the the the, the corollaries would be between these two areas. Of one is Completely behavioral based, and one one blurs the lines between a, 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 an abundance of skills. But there is that thing that that runs underneath that. There's no hard and fast rule. You've got to engage, and as Jim would say, you've got to validate, dismiss, or clarify what it is that you're noticing and, and how that affects the situation.
2: No, but it goes back to um, it goes back to an example. You know, you mentioned that you used to work the door, right? Yeah. Everybody uh, used to say that uh, you don't have to be a big guy to work the door as long as you can get the job done. Yeah. The only problem with being a little guy is you just have to work a little bit harder in the beginning until you get the reputation, right? And it's kind of the same in, in, in EP, you know, the big people typically have to learn how to tuck it in and mm. blend in, whereas the small people typically have to learn how to step it up so they're still pr- trustworthy, right? And it's that mm. whole interaction that, that, that can be so hard.
1: But, but even a Christian, right? wouldn't you even beg to differ that sometimes bigger isn't better right it kind of depends because what i'm seeing is like if you're celebrity protection and you're out there because you've come to find like a lot of these people that are you know entertainers and musicians and stuff like the big burly bodyguard type look but sometimes man <laughs> that the shorter little that the shorter guy that's got the background that could talk to people that's great that can just like zip in and I'll even use you, Christian, as a great example. You're not like a, a huge guy or a small guy, but what I've loved when I first met you was so many people when you go to these different conferences are dressed to impress and dressed to nines. And what I love about, about you, Christian, is that you're so down to earth, but people know you just off of the black t-shirt and the jeans. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like that, that's like that's the Christian West signature look. Everyone else will have a jacket and senior thing on, and you'll people will gravitate toward Christian just right because it's different, but I could use Christian plug him into a, a covert detail or yeah. the client doesn't like the look of security around them, then why do I want to put these big, burly, beefy guys around them and make the client uncomfortable or yeah. not, green green not green meeting green. his wants now, right? When we can do these different things and it's like finding, we're, we're, we're playing chess, wouldn't you say Christian? And we're moving pieces on the board. And sometimes, you know, a piece doesn't need to be moved. Another piece does in order to blend in to provide that maximum security in that moment, in that environment for our client? And does not need to be the big guy?
2: No, and and I think, um, you know, it's the right word to say that there are, I don't know, I I don't know if I want to use the the word diversity these days, but, you know, diversity in, um, in EP teams is super important too, right? And we're really, really bad at it. And it's not, I don't mean only diversity in people's ethnicity, But there also needs to be diversity in how the teams look, right? Um, One of the biggest misunderstandings I think we're um, we're dealing with at the moment is everybody says we need female agents, we need female agents, we need female agents. Absolutely we do. But there's also jobs where um, they have to work harder Mm. to to blend in, right? And there's jobs where they can do it a 100 times better than I ever could, right? And... Mm -hmm it all comes down to also no 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 clients are alike, right and no mm. details are like and no teams are alike. and yeah. you know as well as I do Tim probably from uh, the military or law enforcement or whatever just because you're on a team doesn't know, necessarily mean that the team works right so there's also <laughs> this the whole thing of teaching teamwork and teaching um, how to collaborate on a team and, and all of that stuff right which, again, is something that nobody's teaching, nobody's talking about, right? So oh, yes. I think one of the big problems that, that we have, if we kind of want to get up in the helicopter, is that EP is in many ways special, but it's not, right? And, and, mm-hmm. and the big problem that we have is we have so much um, baggage that has been handed to us. This is the way we do it. This is the way we do it. This mm-hmm. is the way we do it. And most of our knowledge is really uh, generational. It's not always proven, right? I mean, one of the funniest things that that I've ever heard was, um, or one of the examples that, that somebody gave to me is, um, you know, the client needs to s- s- sign a document. And um, somebody hands the client a pen, and he signs the document, and he goes, oh, this is a nice pen. Somebody runs with that and go, the client only, like, Pilot pins, only pilot <laughs> pins, because he really likes it. And all of a sudden there's pilot pins everywhere and nobody can ride with any pi- but, a thing but a pilot pin. And one day the client goes, why do we have all these pilot pins around? And somebody goes, I thought you really, really freaking liked them. And he goes, yeah. I don't fucking care. You know, well, it's but instead pen. of asking the client, <laughs> what do you like?
0: Yeah. Or mm-hmm.
2: figuring it out, we go with all these assumptions, right? Yeah. And yes. um, a lot of times you know luck is not luck and not being in trouble is not quality
1: <laughs> oh, that that's the, and, and that's just it i think you hit the nail the nail on the head there and to come back to like what what ben and i have the the pleasure of doing we enjoy it, it it really comes down to to humans right the human aspects and it's like again it we're, we're back to this we're back to the same thing ben that we've been talking about right can't put a human in a box we can't put nope. them in a box and say, This is an EP professional, and we keep shipping the same box out. Yeah. Right. When it comes to EP and really any industry, yeah, we're going to put them in a box, but the box is going to be a different size and shape every time yeah. because it has to meet the yeah. client's expectations, the client's needs. You know, like you're saying, Christian, 100% true. What stands out more, someone looking like me at a park with a client's kids or a female agent? right, that looks, particularly looks a part of a nanny and me standing, you know what I mean? It doesn't look yeah. right unless I have the ability to adapt and maybe make it look like I'm part of that group and not a, a security professional. But you know how hard it is to create that dynamic? Because, yeah, what if we entirely don't look alike at all? You know, yeah. so it's like, it, you know, you, you got to be able to blend, fill and flow. And I think the biggest thing, Christian, is is going to come down to our, to our attitudes, right? We got to be able to allow ourselves to be molded and adapt mm-hmm. because that's part of our job right being solutions based we put out a lot of fires you know we do uh, ben as we go back and saying right we will start with a plan we'll have this great plan we'll talk about this plan but a plan never survives first contact which is why we got to yes. have contingencies and that what if game comes in but then sometimes there's that anomaly that pops in that isn't part of the contingency that we were planning for so now it's like Crap! The client threw us a curveball. You know, we thought we planned for the curveballs, but he gave us a sneaky one to where we're like, we got to send somebody to run and go get something and do now, or get a different car or a particular thing, or go mm-hmm. to a different venue. We haven't had an opportunity to advance, so how are we shifting and moving, filling and flowing the team in order to to maximize these things? And if you've got a guy that's sitting there going, no, this is my role, and they pound their fists, and some do, I'm good at this, and it's like, no, you should be able to fill any part of the team embracing part of it um because i'll I'll add this christian Ben and i in a previous conversation talked about him starting as a doorman and i believe you have experienced that as well Uh, yeah that's that was my background a lot of people look at these entry-level things right because the first we first get in everything's entry level but so many people look at it as a particular thing but those are some key foundations i feel that probably have built you christian i know they've built ben with creating these skills of understanding people you may not Maybe point to a theory because there's a lot of things I can't point to, but you can look at a person, you can get that feel, that vibe off them to go, OK, oh, this but- guy is going to be a problem. This guy's not going to be a problem. This guy's a good fit for our team. Well, I can trust this guy to have my back. You know, we start creating these mental things and these neural pathways and these files for ourselves are going, OK, this is what's going to work and not going to work. And then you start being more proactive. And you, you get better at predicting these behaviors when you're at that door, and those are all elemental skills that turn into advanced skills and way beyond. As we start moving through EP, going from a RST to a travel team, it all comes back to that foundational level that you built on that we should never neglect.
2: I I I totally agree. And 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 one of the analog, uh, analogies that I always make, bound to uh, the people that 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 work the door, right? You have a I really, when you're a bouncer, right? You because you think you can kind of like you can take out anybody, right? This is my <laughs> town. I got this. Then you do yeah. that for a little while, and you Bravants. realize that um, <laughs> there's always somebody out there bigger, stronger than you. So as you get older in this job, you don't get there to uh, to fight. You get there to uh, avoid fights, right? Mm and you figure out the way to avoid fights is to be proactive right because when you stand there and it's really interesting because i went from um, bouncing and a side note of um, loss prevention and then i got into this ep team and my career started to take off and then all of a sudden i got invited to um some pretty hard courses like real like special forces instructors and government agency instructors and whatever. And they teach all these um, facial expressions and behaviors and whatever. And eventually they pull me aside and say, have you done this before? And I go, no, but that's how you see this guy is about to catch off or flip off and start fighting. I mean, he starts touching his face. His eyes get dilated and he uh, has all these in Europe, we call them um, over over expressions, right? You can see that the way you catch a thief in a supermarket is to look at uh, where are their hands placed? Do they walk the wrong way? Do they do all of these (laughs) things and not to decline anything, right? But it ended up with me actually Teaching a lot of these instructors who just had the military or the police way of it, right? Because mm-hmm. a good law and, uh, a good uh, law prevention officer can catch pocket thieves and all kinds of pickpocketing and whatever, because they all send out the same expressions, right? And you mm-hmm. and I, yep. Jim, has talked about this a million times, right? So I think that <laughs> whatever job you were in before, you can learn a lot. But no matter what, it makes you an adult, right? And yeah. um, that's needed when you're in the EP too, right? So I don't think, uh, to this day, I haven't found the perfect background, right? And that that's one of the things we struggle with in this industry because for some reason, we the more hardcore backgrounds we can find, the better we think people are, yeah. right? But truth of the matter is, I mean, I made a career out of waiting for people.
1: Right, and, so and, see, you and, and that's the key aspects of, of EP, right? That people fail to understand is like, yeah, I have to sit in the. Yeah. I mean, if you're if you're in DC, part of your job as a security driver while your client is a meeting is you might be circling that block because there's no parking for hours until they for come hours. down and bring them up because there's no park there's no parking in DC. Yeah. You go time real quick, grab you a snack while you fill up because you're probably gonna run out of gas before anything else, and the, and that's your job. And it goes back to like I like to tell people: brilliant at the basics, right? If you can't yeah. be yeah. brilliant at being bored and not allowing yourself to be complacent, staying yes. alert, vigilant, picking up on your surroundings, things, and moving work within the team, then this is not going to be the career for you because it's not all no. the no. great stuff you see by influencers and social media. You know, you got you need to get the right skills, the right attitude, and and just and like embrace that yeah, and I get did. the both of it. Like while you're there driving in circles, look at the environment. You know what's going on around you become a better observational skilled person
2: no but it's also again a question about not only becoming a better observational skilled person and whatever but also understand your clients right the clients came to where they are because they do what they do Mm -hmm. so a lot of times when we as operators can get annoyed with changes in a travel program or changes in the agenda and uh We're not having all the information and all of these things that can piss us off and we can be almost like so annoyed that we want to quit and whatever, because what is this shit? We never get what we need and we can't do this and we can't do that. you got to get up in the helicopter and say, the reason why they're not telling us, because they pay us, right? So they have an expense of us being Mm -hmm. here. The reason why they not tell us is probably because they don't have it. And -hmm. if they have it and they don't tell us, it's probably because it's not finalized. Oh, you know what? Maybe we're not supposed to know yet.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: It's not fucking magic, you know? It's yeah. not science. It's, it's actually really, really simple. Don't get annoyed over it, because look at so it like this. I just took a first-class flight from, let's say, LA to Tokyo. And they're telling me the client is not coming because um, something changed. Well, look at it like this. I got paid to fly here. Now i got a day in Tokyo before I can catch the flight home. And when I come home, I have two days off because I uh, flew to Tokyo. Can you tell me yeah, again
0: mm-hmm. what's bad about that? If There's no, no, nothing. But, it, but, Stoicism so. comes close to it. There was a phrase that exactly. I liked from it, which was uh, there are two types of problems in the world things you can solve and things you can't. Why would you worry about either?
2: Exactly. Exactly. Oh, yeah. It's brilliant. Yeah. So yep. I think, I think it's, all, uh, it's all
1: about your mindset and a whole perspective. But if you've got the right guys on your team and they understand these nuances, we go zero to 100 really quick is the same as we can go 100 to zero really quick. You know, oh, sometimes exactly. there's no there's no middle part, right? Sometimes it's it's all gas or all break. There's there's not a balance and you just got to be able to to go, which is why you find your spots when you can to take a bathroom break or carry a snack in your pocket because you're not going to have a chance to sit down and eat a meal. Know your client, right? Because if you know at the drop of a hat, he can go to a, a secondary or third meeting even though it's not on your itinerary, we, we know how he works. And if it's leading up, we should be planning or at least have some kind of idea that we're going to be moving to take advantage of the downtime when you have it.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. But when we really think about it, that's also what makes this uh, kind of career field so intriguing and, and, and at the same time so exciting, right? Because I know for myself, I've had the chance to um, – to retire a few times if I wanted to, but um, I, I, I don't know, man. I, I still love this business more than anything because of exactly what we're talking about here. Because it's fun, right? <laughs> so oh,
0: right. It's you a find hundred, you you kind of work a you yeah? exactly. no, love and right? Exactly. and, and, and I love having you, Christian.
1: And huh? Yeah, and I love having you too because this is just great. Because people need to to hear. Because I, sometimes I feel that the people that need to be heard aren't getting heard enough. And that's like why oh. we wanted to come on and, and do this podcast because it's like we want to bring this awareness to everyone out there that's listening. And we're going to have to bring you on for another episode. I don't want just to drag on, to, but I want to dive in hopefully next time to get into the the entrepreneur side of it with what you're doing because I feel oh, not shitty. only training, yeah we didn't even get, get there huh? now nah, well we're we're a little over hour in and it's just we put it but this is a necessary training because I feel people can pull out of this why EP Access is here why it's important, how it's evolving, what it's doing to innovate, and how it can just make people in general better. And the conversations we've had, it really comes down to the human aspects of it, right? We're, we're trying to get this out there, although we're, we're geared into security and that's where we're all at, but we're, we'll are we have a broad audience here with with where we're getting this out to. And it's, we can surmise this into like, just, again, humans can't be put in a box, you know, no matter what- That's industry. hard. And we, and we try with things and it's like, we're nuanced, it, you know. isn't a language. It's it's yeah. like we got to get it out there, and then just be authentic, be yourself. That'll seep through, and you'll find your right spots and the right roles. But if you have the right attitude and the right mindset, we can give you. It'll skills. take you far. It'll skills. take you far. I mean, <laughs> yep, personality
2: and mindset yeah. and positivity will take you far.
1: Oh, huge. Grad- gratitude, and that's what I started trying to get guys out there too. Like you were saying. You know, when you when you got that thing, you jumped off. First thing I would do when I landed in Tokyo is, man, thanks, man. I, I got to see Tokyo. I didn't have, to yeah, exactly. Or, you know, like you said, <laughs> you know, I mean, I got a day here, relax, man. This is to me that to me, that's the best, that's the best job. Yeah, exactly. I, I, the stay stay yeah, hey. I really <laughs> I don't see me you
2: know, great. Great, I got a whole. Yeah, I don't
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't see the complaint in it, but like you said, though, but there's just some people, no matter what, we're never going to make happy. Nope. Not everybody is going to be 100% happy anywhere in this industry, no matter what we do, no matter what we do to progress. All we can do is give them the best options. And what I love when I go through your stuff, Christian, is you you can feel it, you can sense it, you can hear it, the immense that you want to give back to this industry, mm-hmm. what you're passionate about, the people you're passionate about. You want to see them succeed, and you're trying to give them, and, and I don't even want to say experience because you're beyond experience at this point. You're, you're seasoned. You you have a, an amassed amount of wisdom and that people need to just kind of kind of hear it and get it out there because it's there like a lot of your nuggets as simple as people may think they might sound when you apply what you have learned through your trials and those failures with those successes can really help that young new guy even the experienced guy of going hey just stop and listen for a minute put your ego down like there is a ton of nuggets in this podcast alone that guys in this industry can take from just from you being willing to share with us
2: hey i think i mean in my if if you look at my career path I, I i've learned from some really really awesome people and then i was lucky enough to run a company where i could hire a bunch of awesome people that worked for a multitude of different clients and we all learned from each other what we brought to the table that were really good was the guy that we embedded with somebody, probably knew how five other teams would do it, so they had a wealth of information. But then at the same time, this guy came to a team where they had a different principles, they had different operators. And if you listen, right? I mean, I, I usually say one of the hardest skills in life is to actively listen to people. But when you really listen to what, what these people could teach us, that that's really how you become good at it. Right. Even when you listen to the people who have zero idea of what they're talking about, you know that that's not what I want to do, and that's not what we should be doing, right? But it's still, you still <laughs> learn something. I mean, at least you know that that's not what we're supposed to do, right? So, so listening and and being open minded and whatever is is key. To to yes. the
0: listening Understood. end, I'm sorry, sorry, Mike. To the listening end, I'm wondering if anybody listening to this podcast so far picked up on the fact that you Christian earlier mentioned that you got a new book you were working on Uh uh, that that was finishing up. I'm wondering if there's anything that you can tell us about that at at the minute, whether it just, or feel free to tell me to sod off if it's completely under wraps, you know? (laughs) No,
2: well, you know, um, I just finished my new book, which is, uh, my third book. And it's, um, the first book I've written all by myself, which, um, I can't give enough props to my co-writers on the first two books because, uh, writing a book alone is is a ton of work for me but um again it's about corporate executive protection and family office protection and um in this book i kind of take it a little bit further i have um, kind of come up with these uh, theories and uh uh charges and whatever on um on how we can be better at what we're doing and how we can modernize what it is that we're doing and um yeah, I, I originally set up to uh, kind of do a new version of the first two ones, but then I realized that um, the first two books, the first one is over 10 years old. So doing a new version of a 10-year-old book would put me in the same box as the people who teach what they learned 100 years ago. In 10 years, I would say, and this is actually a kind of a fun fact, in my opinion, for EP. 10 years ago, what I wrote 10 years ago is probably 70% wrong today that's how much our business and our clients and whatever has moved forward right and that's why I realized that instead of doing a, a remake of the first two months I needed to uh, to do a third one that kind of um, takes into account all the things that changed before pandemic with pandemic and and after pandemic and then on top of that I think uh, there's a lot of things that's that's kind of interesting right I mean if you look at the clients of the future um it'll probably not be the it companies and it'll probably not be that the 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 clients of the future will probably be if you look at fortune fortune 500 for instance in 10 years there's been a total generation change right bill gates and those guys that used to be on top of it is is in the middle of it right and then the new billionaires of the world do electric vehicles and they do Mm -hmm. uh uh, virus vaccination, and they do all of these things, right? So that means that focus for the next, I don't know, 10 years will probably be on a different type of business, right? So I think it's, it's, it's super important, and I, I think we can learn a lot from that, right? And, and that's why I thought writing a new book about corporate executive protection and how to um, build your team and, and, and be a leader in this industry... I think think that was important and and that's why i did it and uh it's finished i have it with um with the illustrator and and the publisher so hopefully hopefully i'll have it late september but it might be a stretch i might not have it before uh, the conferences in december but um i'm excited about it so and don't ask me well, i'm, I'm gonna I need to add to
1: my collection because i've got the first oh, perfect <laughs> thank you thank you
2: but hopefully soon
1: and- and but, what, but what I love to put what, what I love to what I heard you say, Christian, which to me means a lot, and it says a lot about you and your character, and where you are on your journey. I've noticed so many people that have written books years ago, rather than write another book and admit, like you just said, about 70% of what I wrote is probably wrong today. We've evolved so much. Most people will just do a revision of that first book. And I'm updating and it makes it look like I've been right all the time where I'm looking forward to this because now I want to compare it to the book. Yeah, exactly. Wow. You know, this is where we were. This is where we came from. This is where we're going. And I think if more people shared like you just did and out there and admit we're not going to be right, we're human. We make a lot of mistakes. But just put it out there. People say, look, I'm not doing a revision. I'm writing a third book and I probably was wrong a lot, which most of us can agree. And if we have spouses or significant others, they'll be the first one to tell us we're probably wrong more than that.
2: Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. I yeah, no. gotta remember that I, I had co- co-authors on the first two books, so they were probably the ones that were 30% right, and the 70% wrong was probably me. So no, but I mean, yeah. I, I just think that, uh, you know, if it's, um, I don't know, for me, It's kind of like, I love this business, I mean, I don't know how I still is this passionate about it 30 years in, but I am, right? And I still think um, that I have a lot to contribute. I think um, the business is super exciting. I mean, we started out in a business where there were bodyguard teams here and uh, there was very far in between. So it was all about, once you made it on a team, it was all about not getting fired because it was very hard to find a new job. Then we kind of rode into the first wave of corporate executive protection, which was kind of like, it went from bodyguards to EP, and then it became EP 2.0. And I think we're uh, heading so fast towards EP 3.0, which in my opinion will be when we come out and we figure out, is there going to be a recession? Is a lot of these teams going to be cut down in size, yes or no. I actually necessarily don't think it's a bad thing if we kind of like Mm -hmm. plateau a little bit because the last, I don't know, five five years or so, it was a little rough, right? Because a lot Mm -hmm. of people got hired that should never have been hired, but there were so many jobs that, um, again, quality wasn't um, that important. It was more important to fill ranks. And that blew salaries and the enticement and whatever, it blew it out of the water. So, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing if we plateau a little bit, because once we get to the other side of whatever this is, it will go back up like the rest of the world. So, Mm -hmm. I think we're standing right on the edge of EP 3.0, and that is where we have to figure out to do the same with less. And I'm actually super excited for that. Because it'll weed out a lot of people that is not supposed to be here. Yeah. And maybe we'll finally get to that technology integration that we've all been talking about and haven't done.
1: Yeah. The next well, big that's, evolution. That's <laughs> but, yeah, it's kind of like what you said, Christian, and all the guys I say this is the way we've always done it. That's in a ton of industries, ton of organizations. And they will talk about change, but be resistant to it up until the very oh, yeah. point and no longer be resistant to it and that's what it seems like it's coming to right from what i'm listening to you saying is we're almost at that point to where you're going to have to embrace tech one way or the other because tech's not going nowhere it's a it's a main way of life right now and you're going to have to adapt or unfortunately it sounds like get out of the industry yeah and
0: i don't know man
2: you know it's one of those things where um, you have so many tools now that can either make you super successful or pretend like you're super successful (laughs) right um, gotta fight not to name who they are right exactly (laughs) but also um, you know it's kind of funny because um, people come to me and they go ain't you afraid of that uh, chat CPG because now everybody can write about EP like you do and I go you know I think chat CPG is kind of great and fun and whatever, and the people that use it to write all their stuff for EP, which I'm sure somebody will, they're going to have such a hard time to deliver that I'm kind of like, no, I'm not scared of chat CPG, let them use it, because at the end of the day, that'll uh, probably show really quickly. If you wrote your brochure, your contracts, your whatever on chat CPG and you can't deliver, so oh, yeah. I'm not scared of it at all because there's nothing I can do about it. So
1: uh, it's, here it is. I, I would, would you, yeah. you say you can almost equate that to the people that have met each other online, like an online dating platform, right? And they looked at that profile picture and they go meet in real life and the profile picture doesn't match what you <laughs> yeah. see from your eye. It's kind, you kind know? of like the so filter, so right? Or whatever, stuff. I like it. That's,
0: that's
1: they, cool they, you know, they wrote all this great stuff, but then when you get to have that business meeting, you come to find out that they don't even know anything that they gave you in in, in the paper that they yeah. wrote yeah, that's, um with that exactly. so Christian we, we were we're going to wrap up this episode we would love to have you come back and get more into hey. you Let you your story how you started this business. I want to get more into that that fire you got in your belly that has got you passionate and talking because we 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 could talk probably could keep all going. day if our parents allowed <laughs> so Oh yeah, keep we could. going we could keep going and all day, but uh, yeah, sorry right. if
2: we kind of derailed the conversation. But uh,
1: no, uh, no know, need, need to be need sorry to because that. this is this is all information. Yeah. I feel it needs to get out there. People need to hear it. They need to understand that there are guys in this industry. There are guys out here that are authentic and care, passionate, such as yourself, that just want to share that information, share that experience, and just for the betterment of the industry, the betterment people involved. We just overall just want to make you a better human, give you a different perspective, give you a different way to look at things, a different way to look at your training, how you're applying your training. You know, EP Access is one of those, it's on a hybrid. I mean, if you're you're not following, not looking at at any of Christian stuff, I'm, I'm challenging you to do so and look at it because you'll find as it continues to evolve, it's only gonna get better, it's already great. Especially if you start taking some of the stuff there with AS3 and get to do their classroom stuff and then actually go to the track I got to personally take part of it. I loved it because I was able to do those modules, being a driving instructor and just go out there and just focus on those things. Uh, Christian, you give great stuff. I believe you even have one on advances where you have a, a class they do hybrid and then they come out and see you live and in person out there in Vegas and do the actual advances. So there's stuff to get out there that you can fit in your schedule, do it. There's, there's no reason not to. There's so many classes that are on there that you can do just virtually that just yeah. do them in your downtime. When I mean, you're on your Wi-Fi on a flight, always put something to yeah, invest no, in yourself, invest in that training. I used, to tell, training. People, I used yeah. to
2: tell people, even if they sit and wait in a car outside the boss's house or whatever. I mean, some of the classes are 15 minutes long. Some of them is eight hours long, right?
0: And
1: oh, yeah. um,
2: you know the good thing about doing it online is also that um, you can get it down at a price point where um, you don't have to like spend a fortune on training right Mm. and you can use it as kind of like an appetizer right where Mm. hopefully i can help open people's horizon to uh areas that there's so much stuff i mean i still go to training classes all the time and i've been doing this for 30 years right but there's so much new stuff out there and there's so much different things and there's so many uh, things that i don't know about right and 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 i hope that that we can help with this platform to point people that that way
0: i love that awesome I I, I awesome. always I always come back to the uh, sorry just a, a last sentiment. No. I I, what, I I love reading about the 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 Greeks in terms of their philosophy and whatnot. Plato, Aristotle, Aristophanes, all of them. And it, uh, Aristotle's apparent last words on his deathbed was, "All I know is that I know nothing." And I, I, I think that's <laughs> I, think, I think that's such a, a wonderfully curious attitude about the world to have for a guy that's done so much on paper. To have said on his deathbed, <laughs> all I know is that I know nothing. Uh, so we can always Isn't be great. Running. We can always get better. We can always keep shopping. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, so no, yeah. Absolutely. 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 So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I've, I, I've
2: really enjoyed this conversation, it was fun. Uh,
0: as, as, as have I, and uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm sure Jim, uh, Jim Jim has as well. Uh, but guys, it's it's been more about you, uh, uh, as it always is, the you and the humans in this particular scenario. Are you guys watching, taking notes, making sure that you're going to track down Christian through epaccess.com? I mean, who doesn't want to learn from an EP wizard? Right, that's been oh, in the game. I don't know about has, that, no, but, oh, come on, accept the compliments, You're too humble. Deal with it. Ah, well, <laughs> all right, yeah. I'll,
2: I'll object, but um, I kind of <laughs> like it, <so> you okay. <laughs> No, I, I, I
0: appreciate you for coming, guys, and yeah, do make sure that you fo- you're them. following uh, uh, EP Access on all of their channels uh, to get more about the book when uh, that when the information comes forth. Hopefully in September as well. And if you've enjoyed the podcast, you can really show us some support by clicking the like button, clicking the subscription button and the bell so you're notified when all new episodes are are promoted. It drops on Spotify, Google, Apple, anywhere you can get the podcasts. It's a simple thing, a simple task that you can take charge of that really helps us and we'd be very grateful for your support. So Christian, thank you again, sir. And uh, uh, Jim, always a pleasure. And we'll, we'll talk to everybody soon. Thank you, guys. Take care, guys.